0: Amen. Well, if you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Tyler. I'm the, the student pastor here, uh, along with Kelly. And uh, before we dive in, I did want to just say a little bit more uh, and talk directly to you guys as seniors. So you guys are kind of all over the room. But I want to encourage you guys and let you know we're so proud of you. We're so proud of the work that you guys have put in to, uh, uh, to get to this point and the, the, the energy that is put there. And I want to encourage you guys with this. I want to encourage you to always keep your eyes on Jesus, to so always keep your eyes on Jesus. There are going to be so many distractions that as you move into adulthood. And there's going to be so many calls for your attention and for your affection. And so I want to encourage you guys to keep your eyes on Jesus. And implore you because Jesus is worth it. He's worth it. The relationship that we have with our creator, it is so worth it. And and I write this in all of the grad cards whenever I go out to uh, grad parties, which is many. Uh, So uh, as I go to them, I, I write this verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. I encourage you to trust Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus and He will guide you and He will lead you. Some of you are like, I know exactly what I want to do. And some of you are like, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, if we focus on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, God is faithful and He is good and He will see us through. Amen? And as a church, we're here with you. We're circled around you. We're with you. We are for you. And we just want to cheer you on and encourage you guys as we step, as you step out into this next stage of life. Cool? Love you guys. Uh, we're in a series called Check Your Heart. And in this series, Check Your Heart, we've been exploring and focusing on the things that actually begin to creep into our life and derail us from the life that God has called us to. Things like cynicism and compromise, comparison, burnout. And this morning, I want to talk about disconnection. I want to talk about disconnection and how we need to check our hearts to protect from disconnection. And as I started to think about this idea of disconnection, my mind immediately went to my cell phone. Right? When you think about the idea of connection or disconnection, we go to the cell phone. At this very moment, I could send a text message or I could send an email to somebody across the world. As a matter of fact, just the other day, I was emailing back and forth with Peter Silseth, one of our volunteers on the tech team, and he's currently serving in Togo, Africa. And we were emailing back and forth, and I was just thinking to myself, if we were to like build a time machine, and we were to go back in time 100 years, and we were to bring someone forward like 100 years, and explain to them that I could send an email to somebody in Africa right now, they'd be like, there's no possible way. There's this unbelievable connection that we have in our world because of the internet. We've never been more connected as a society than ever before. Pew Research did a study in 2021 about internet usage in America and how the internet has changed the connection game in our world. It says that 85% of adults say that they use the internet at least once daily. Now, just by a show of hands, how many would say that you use the internet at least once daily? Just by a show of hands. Yeah. 85%. Which I'm thinking to myself, the 15% like live off the grid or what? Like, like how do you not, like, I don't even know. 48% would say that they use it several times a day. How many would you would say that you would use it several times a day? Yeah. And this is crazy. 31% of those people interviewed, those, these Americans, say that they are connected to the Internet almost constantly. 31% almost constantly connected to the Internet. So if we're so connected, why, why in the world are we talking about disconnection? Why are we talking, like, what, why would we talk about that? And we need to talk about it because there's this interesting, strange paradox that is happening in, in our world. And Harvard came out with a study in the same year as the Pew Research study, and it says this, that 36% of all Americans feel serious Loneliness. So 31% of Americans are constantly connected to the internet, and 36% of Americans say that they experience serious loneliness. And this isn't just a COVID thing because of 2020 or anything like that. In 2018, the UK uh, established what they call the Ministry of Loneliness, uh, and they, create, they put someone in, in place, a minister of loneliness, and their job was to attack what they call the epidemic of loneliness, in the UK and in in Europe. And so we have this interesting paradox, and what these surveys show us is that we've never been more connected as a society and yet felt so isolated. We've never been so connected and yet felt so isolated. Pastor Josh has referenced this book as a family ministry team. We've been reading a book by Carrie Newhoff called Didn't See It Coming?, And talking about the seven things that you didn't see coming. And in his book, he talks about this paradox. From page 65 of the book, he says this We live in a world where you can have 500 friends and still feel isolated and abandoned. Solitude is a gift from God, isolation is not, it is a tool of the enemy. And as a culture, the more connected we've become, the more isolated we've grown. This is a strange 21st century paradox. We're connected to more people than ever before, and we've never felt so alone. Maybe you can relate. But before we go and start burning our cell phones and shutting off our internet and sitting in a circle and singing Kumbaya... We have to think about this. It's not necessarily technology's fault. In the same book, Carrie Newhoff says this, technology does a good job of revealing what's already inside of you. Technology does a good job of revealing what is already inside of us. So before we blame technology, before we blame the internet and say, that's exactly why we're all disconnected, it's because of the internet, I think we need to pray the prayer that King David prayed in Psalm 139 that says this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. See, disconnection is not a new problem in our world. Disconnection is not a new problem in our world. This tension between connection and isolation is as old as time. It actually goes back to the beginning. Think about it. God created Adam to be in relationship with him. Humanity, you and me, we were created to be connected to our creator. You were created for connection. And on top of that, as, as if that wasn't enough, God said this in, in Genesis two eighteen. He said this, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. Think about it. God had been creating all of this stuff. He creates light and he says, It is good. He creates man. He says, It is very good. He creates all these things. And then the first time that he says, It is not good is what? For man to be alone. You and I, we, we are created for connection. So the Lord God formed from the ground all of the wild animals and all of the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one of them. He gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper that was just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep while the man slept. The Lord God took out the man's rib and closed it from the opening. Then the Lord God made woman from the rib and he brought it to the man. And his response, at last, (laughs) connection. You and I, us, we are created to be in connection. So God created more connection for humanity. Are we seeing it? It's this basic human need. Actually, science and studies have shown that we are created. We need connection. And if we're removed or isolated from connection, it has adverse effects on our physical health, on our mental health. All of these things, we are created to be in connection. But then something happened. Adam and Eve disobeyed God's command. They said, we're going to do things our own way. And connection was broken. And listen to this, Genesis 3, 8 through 10. When the cool evening breezes were blowing... The man and his wife heard the Lord God walking in the garden, so they hid from him, the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. And just like that, connection becomes disconnection. As sin comes in and it begins to create This tension in our life. And ever since then, as humans, we have been wrestling with the desire for connection, but the reality of disconnection. Kelly, who was just up here, Kelly put it this way. Uh, She said this, we live in a constant tension of what we want more than anything, but yet fear it more than anything. Can anybody relate to that? We live in this constant tension of I want to be connected. I want to connect with other people. And yet I have this fear that if I'm really known, if people really knew me, would they really want anything to do with me? And this isn't just an issue between people. This is how we often treat God, right? Many of us wrestle with this feeling, man, like if God really knew me, he wouldn't want anything to do with me. And we wrestle with this this, this tension of we need connection, we want connection, and yet we run away from it or we push it away or we hide from it because we're terrified of connection, of really being known. And Satan uses this to further the lies, this lie, to further separate us from God. And this is exactly why Jesus came to this earth. This is exactly why Jesus came, to restore the disconnected, so he came to this earth and he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross in our place and paid a payment that we could not afford. He did that for us so that we could be re- reconnected with our Creator. Because we are designed, we are created to be in connection. And we see this beautiful picture in John 17. And I love this passage in John 17 because often we can read the Bible and we can kind of disassociate ourselves with the Bible at times. And we read it and go, oh, Jesus is just talking here or he's talking to someone else. But listen to this. In John 17, starting in verse 20, this is a prayer that Jesus is praying, not just for his disciples, but it says he's praying it for you and me. Listen to what it says. It says, I am praying not only for these disciples but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. This is a prayer that you can read in John 17 that Jesus is praying for you and for me. And this is what it is. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. Do you hear the unity, the connection? I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can all see the glory you gave me because you love me even before the world began, O oh, righteous Father. The world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed that you to them and will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. We are created for connection. We are created to be in connection with our Creator And when we are connected to our creator, it allows us to be a light of the world. So that when we're connected to our creator, we shine in a way that the world sees and they know and they worship God. And they go, wow, like there's something different about them. We are created to be in connection. And yet there's this constant battle and this constant tension of pulling away with disconnection. And so with the time left... I want to try to tackle uh, what I'll call them principles, okay? This is not an exhaustive list of how we can avoid disconnection uh, in our life, but these are kind of principles that I think if we take these principles and we apply them to our life in a certain way, then we can actually begin to, to like, step and combat disconnection because we are created to be in connection. And Satan wants to use this this, this lies or he wants to use sin to separate us and disconnect us. And so if we take these principles, these four principles, and apply it to our life, I think that we can begin to reconnect. And we need to check our heart and, and sit here and go, okay, how do I begin to do that? And the first one is this. The first principle is this. Connection drives in the slow lane. Connection drives in the slow lane. Uh, My wife and I, Laura, we have recently been watching uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Why are you laughing? Uh, If you're unfamiliar with the show, it's about a woman named Dr. Quinn. She leaves Boston, and she takes a role in the territory of Colorado back in the 1800s, and she's a doctor. And one of the things I love about the show, one of the things I love about the show is the pace of life that they operate in. It just seems like a simpler time, right? Right? When something is going on in the town, all the townspeople come out to the, to the porches and they look and they, they're like, what's going on? And they have all these, these like pageants and life just seems slower. And in the 21st century, I think that we operate at Mach 5, right? We just operate at a, at a speed that is unsustainable. We operate, and, and not only that, but we wear it as like a badge of honor. Like, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm busy. And they are like, oh, good for you, right? <laughs> We wear it as a badge of honor at this pace. And, and if that isn't enough, I don't know, if you, I, I don't know how you guys felt uh, going into like 2020 when the world just like shut down. I didn't realize how busy I was. And how like you, you're just like, this is just life. This is how life is. And it just operates at this pace that is, is crazy. And then all of a sudden it's like done and you're like, what do I do with all my time? All of a sudden you have this margin. You're sitting at home, you're going, well, what do I do? And then, I don't know if you felt this way, but I did. As life kind of started to, you know, reopen up and things started to get back to normal, whatever that means, all of a sudden I was like, how do I be busy? I, I like, didn't know how to be busy. And unfortunately, I kind of figured it out again. But, and so I'm preaching this just to myself, just as much as I am to you guys. But connection drives in the slow lane. I love taking kids on mission trips for so many reasons. But one of the reasons is because we get away. We get away when we do like international trips. We get to ditch the cell phones. We get time to like just sit around and connect. And I love mission trips because even though like we're super busy on the mission field and we're playing with kids and and we're like building different things or doing yard work, all this kind of stuff, we're super busy. There's this margin where you just like spend time together. And like we play games with like volleyballs when we were in Alaska and we just, we sit around and there's just margin for connection that I think that we don't take time to actually live in, in our day-to-day life. And I think it's so important that if we want to fight disconnection, we need to choose to drive in the slow lane of life. We choose to linger, choose to give people time in our life. Actually, this is a really good practice. Uh, there's a, a book by John Mark Comer where he challenges people to actually just like le- legitimately drive in the slow lane. Like, as just like a, a practice of our heart of pulling over into the slow lane and just kind of driving the speed limit. And some of you are like, blasphemy, right? <laughs> like, if we just take time to just practice slowing down, living in the slow lane, we see Jesus practices this. Jesus, who did more in his three years of ministry on on earth than I will ever do in my entire life, Jesus lived in the slow lane. We see this in Luke chapter 8 when Jesus is walking and there's this woman who had been sick for 12 years and she touches him and all of a sudden he stops and he goes, who touched me? He was in a crowd of people. His disciples were like, what do you mean who touched you? Everyone touched you. But he took a moment to slow down, to stop, and he said, who touched me? And he connected with that woman. He said, your faith is healed, you go, you are well. And she was well. Jesus always took time to live and to drive in the slow lane. Do we make time in our lives for connection? Maybe you've been sitting here saying, I I can't uh, join a small group, I just don't have time. Or I can't join or spend time with people in the church or, or whatever because I don't have time. I want to challenge us. Connection. Drives in the slow lane. When we take time to just linger. And it's uncomfortable. When you got that, that, that list of things in your head going, I got to do this, I got to do this. Sometimes just taking that time to slow down and seek out connection. Can begin to allow us to reconnect. The next principle is this. Curiosity breeds connection. Curiosity breeds connection. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but sometimes it seems like we don't know how to have conversations anymore. Or if we do have a good conversation, we're like, wow, that was so refreshing, right? I think oftentimes our world today consists of status updates. I am this, I am that, I am this, going here, going there. And we don't take time to actually begin to have conversations, to have practice curiosity in other people's lives. The best conversations, the best connections are two-sided. They go back and forth. What if we practice curiosity? What if we practice question asking? And we see this two-sided exchange in our relationship with God. It isn't just our relationship with people. God gives us his word. He gives us the Bible. And we are able to read the Bible. We are able to learn about God. We're able to intake this information about God. But he also gives us this unbelievable ability to do prayer to connect with him, to talk with him. It's this tennis match that we have with God. And that is the way that I think connection is meant to be, two-sided, back and forth, asking questions, learning. You need to know him more, talking back to him. It's two-sided. I've noticed something kind of cool happening in the youth group recently, and I have to give a shout-out to one of our 10th graders, Josh, who is probably sitting over here somewhere. Hey, there he is. Josh Larson, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But one of the things that's been happening is in his friend group, like this guy, he practices curiosity. And, and one of the things that's happening in his friend group and, and, and kind of the 10th grade boys that area is they're being super intentional in that group by asking questions. And I was sitting down talking to him last week. I didn't tell Josh I was gonna talk about him, so sorry, Josh. Uh, but I, I was just talking to him. I was like, hey, what like what's going on? And he said, you know, I think it's super helpful to ask questions to get to know people. And I was like, Yes, you figured out the secret of curiosity. To begin to ask questions. And we even have this group chat that's going on that I think we're called the 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 boys super deep chat or something like that. And we just like it's like normal to like ask questions. To ask questions to be like, hey, what do you think about this? Or hey, what, what are you dealing with in this way? And there's this unbelievable connection that is happening because I think Josh set the tone of being curious, of asking questions. And people are opening up. They're being vulnerable. They're connecting through that. And so I think, Josh, you figured out the secret of curiosity. I'm proud of you, man. For us as adults, right, how many of us take time to practice curiosity? to stop and to ask people out to coffee or, or whatever. One of the things my friend Pete uh, told me when I was uh, working at another church, he, he encouraged me with something that was really helpful to me. And he says, if you identify someone in your life, you're like, man, I really appreciate that person or I really respect that person or that's a person that I, you know, in 10 years I wanna be like or something along those lines. He, what he would do is he would go up and he would ask people and say, hey, can we get coffee? And can I just ask you three questions? And they would sit and they would have coffee. He would ask the three questions. They would have this conversation. And you know what's happening right there? Connection. Mentorship. What if we just took a little bit of time to practice curiosity with people in our lives and said, hey, I really respect you. Or, hey, I really want to have a conversation with you. Or, hey, in 10 years, I would love to be like you. Practicing curiosity. We need to practice curiosity in our relationship with Jesus, spending time in his word, learning about him, exploring our relationship with God, asking questions and seeking out answers found in scripture. Graduates, also, I just want to encourage you, this practicing curiosity is so helpful when you want to build relationships with people as you go off to school or you're going into the workforce or whatever it is, curiosity breeds connection. Curiosity breeds connection. The third principle is this. Isolation and solitude are not the same thing. Isolation and solitude are not the same thing. Um, uh, you guys know extrovert and introvert? You know, like the extrovert scale, introvert? They're like, you're kind of, you know, 50%, you're an ambivert, where you're both or whatever. Well, I'm 99% on the extrovert scale, Okay. So the words isolation and solitude give me the nervous sweats, right? My idea of isolation is stuck with other people somewhere, okay? Not alone. That terrifies me. The moments of slowing down and stopping, that that scares me. And I think, unfortunately, oftentimes we think isolation or solitude, oftentimes they're the same thing, but they are not the same thing. They're not the same thing. These two things are completely different. Jesus, Jesus practiced solitude, Jesus practiced solitude, and I wonder how many of us sometimes, we run towards isolation. Maybe because we're afraid of being known. Maybe we're burnt out from the rat race of life, and we think that isolation is restoring us, but in fact, it's actually creating more disconnection. So what is the difference? Jesus, he went into solitude. Why? To connect with God. Jesus, anytime there was a major thing going on or a major miracle that was going on in Jesus' life, he modeled this, this slowing down and going and finding solitude to connect with the Father. If there was a big event that was happening before and after, Jesus would pull away, he would go and he would practice solitude, praying, connecting with his Father. Go look at Jesus' ministry. Anytime there's something big before or after, he practices solitude, he practices going away connecting with Jesus. And if we want to fight disconnection, we need to connect with God the Father so that we can connect with other people. Because I'm a better person when I connect with God. When I practice solitude, when I slow down and I connect with God, when I practice the gift of solitude, like I am a better person. I am kinder, I am more focused, I have better self-control, and I am a better leader when I connect with the Father. It comes from this outpouring, this flowing out. And Satan uses isolation to try to disconnect us. Even giving us things like thinking we're, we're so connected to people through social media. Social media, while it's a great tool, can become such an, a tool of the enemy to think, give us the idea that, oh, I'm connected, but I'm not really connected. And we need to practice solitude, connecting with our Father. And I just can't help but think, when I think about the idea of isolation or solitude, isolation is I'm empty, so I'm going to go away because I don't want to pour any more out. Solitude is I'm going to go to the Father, I'm going to go to the source of life so that he can pour into me so then I can flow out of the overflow. I don't know about you guys, but I want to live in the overflow I want to pour out to people because I've been poured into by the Father. I don't want to sit here and try to hoard my, the last little bit of whatever I have in my cup and think i gotta, I got to pull away, i got to isolate because I just have no more to give. This is so true for, for me in ministry as I've been thinking about just this idea of burnout and all of this stuff. Is like if I'm not connected, if I'm not practicing solitude, if I'm not going to the Father, of course I'm going to disconnect because it's all about me. It's all about holding on to what I have, not wanting to lose. And that that place right there, that's where Satan wants us. He wants us looking out and going like, no, I can't give anymore. I can't. I have nothing else to give. And Jesus is saying, come to me, you who are weak and weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isolation is not rest. You might think that, but it's not. Isolation and solitude are not the same thing. Solitude, Jesus pours into us. He pours into us as we connect with him so that we can pour out to other people, so that lives can be changed, so people can know, Jesus, I don't know about you, but that's where I want to be. I want to operate out of the overflow. And that only comes when we make connection with our creator, which is what we were created for. That's who we were created to be in relationship, was to connect with God, and out of that we connect with others. The fourth principle is this, deny the drift, deny the drift. Connection does not and will not happen on accident. Connection does not and will not happen on accident. I don't know anybody who has accidentally grown more connected without being intentional. It's not like, like, oh, accidentally best friends, no. There's this connection that we make as we connect with people through intentionality. Solitude is intentional. Isolation is easy. So why do we often run to isolation? It's because it's easy. Solitude is intentional. It takes time to connect with our Father, to connect with Him. We need to check our heart and identify this drift in our life. And we need to deny the drift towards disconnection. There's a reason that our relationship with God is called spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines. So oftentimes we can look at it and we can say, Man, I feel so distant or disconnected from God. But if we're honest with ourselves, it might just be because we didn't notice the drift. We're sitting there and all of a sudden we're like, How did I get here? We missed the drift. And so we need to check our hearts. We don't accidentally grow in our connection with God, and we don't accidentally grow in our connection with other people. It takes intentionality. It is hard because it is messy, because people are messy. But I promise you, it's worth it. So how do we, how do we fight disconnection? We deny the drift. We live intentionally intentionally. For some of us, that means we need to pursue an intentional mentorship relationship. It pursue a relationship in our lives, someone that can speak into our lives, someone to help us to grow in our relationship with God and our relationship with others. For some of us, that means we need to be more intentional in our marriages. Talk about a place where we can drift. And Satan wants to attack our marriages. He wants to attack our, our, the marriages in our lives because that is an institution that God has set up so that, that he can be known, he could be glorified in. We need to be intentional. Maybe some of us need to join a small group. If some of you are like, well, there's none of the small groups that work in my schedule, maybe you need to start at one to be intentional, to step into relationship, to step into connection. Maybe for some of you it's to find uh, accountability in your devotional time. One of the things that I've uh, started recently with a group of guys in my life is we've been sharing uh, U-Version Bible app devotionals back and forth, uh, and we've been holding each other accountable, mostly through sarcastic text messages. We're working, we're growing. But we're growing in that way together in connection. And I think even as we're sitting here, something comes to our mind. God is putting something in our mind in a way that we can deny the drift. And Satan wants us to be stuck in the excuses. He wants us to be stuck in the place of saying, no, I can't do that. But you and I, listen, we are created for connection doesn't mean it comes easy, but I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, it's worth it. And seniors, as you are going off to school, you're graduating, you're gonna move away from some of the connections that you've had your entire life, and so important to not deny the drift. To get connected in campus ministries, to get connected in, in relationships in Christian communities, to get plugged into a church. If you're like, I don't know how to do that because my parents picked the church, come talk to me, talk to people in this church that have walked through things like that. Seek out that mentorship because it's worth it. This side of heaven, we will live in this tension of desiring connection and yet struggling to find it or being afraid of it, but God wants to connect with us. He wants to be in relationship with us. And God is calling us to something more, not to just believe the lies that we're on our own, that isolation is fine, but it is a tool of the enemy. And we are created to be in connection with our creator and to connect with others. We can step into what God has created us for, something greater than ourselves with meaning and purpose so that God would be known in this world. Church, we need to check our hearts to see have we been growing disconnected? We need to deny the drift so that we can connect with our creator, connect with our father to live intentionally with him and with others so that God will be glorified, that we'll be connected, that we'll be able to step into the calling that he has in our life. Church, let's deny the drift. Let's move towards connection. Right now we have a great opportunity to sing a couple more songs to reconnect with our Father in these moments where we just empty ourselves and say, God, it's not about me, it's about you. I wanna focus on you. Worship is an unbelievable opportunity to connect with our creator. So I wanna encourage you, I wanna challenge you. Deny the drift and connect with your creator. God, I thank you that you know us, that you love us, that you've called us to something greater than ourselves. God, I pray that if we're feeling disconnected that we would seek to connect with you that we'd seek out solitude to know you to connect with you in a way so that we can connect with others so that we can shine your light that we can glorify you god we pray this in your most holy name and all god's people said and the devil said